we guide them and and let them know that it is so important to to feel all the suppressed emotions and the breath work really allows those energies or emotions to be stirred up and for them to come to the surface and bubble up and if 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 they can use that opportunity to experience those emotions none are right or wrong they're all just feeling um, and just breathe into that resistance that pushing back of wanting to suppress it again and and feeling those emotions then when there's that feeling and acceptance of that emotion then that's when the release can happen and that allows the free vessel and that allows them to be sovereign. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, delighted to bring to you the beautiful Ellie Ochin. She's a holistic wellness expert known for unwavering dedication to guiding individuals towards their highest potential. You are going to love hearing from this beautiful guiding light. She has expertise in meditation, breathwork, yoga, neuro-linguistic programming, and therapy. She seamlessly combines all of these disciplines to help her clients transform their well-being. She founded company Ali Wellness, which offers personalized one-on-one coaching, immersive wellness retreats, and workshops that foster true self-discovery. And it's through her meditation and breathwork subscription service that she brings her wisdom to homes worldwide. From a young age, this gorgeous soul radiated positivity. She held and always has held a deep passion for health and well-being. And despite her years in the spotlight as a television celebrity, she returned to her true purpose, inspiring people to embrace their best selves and elevate global consciousness. You will love the way she speaks, and I'm sure you will understand just the impact she has helping her clients to transcend and reach those fortunate enough to experience her teachings. She stands, in my humble opinion, as a beacon of positivity, leading the world towards enlightenment and harmony. You will so want to follow this amazing woman. And here's the best part. She's actually the other part or other half of the gorgeous Mitch Adams that you got to hear last week. I just thought you'd enjoy hearing both perspectives, the yang and the yin, and also what they're doing and combining with the synergies of one another to create powerhouse, full-on, amazing, immersive events and retreats. Make sure you check out the notes so that you can follow the beautiful Ali as well as Mitch, but also if you want to know more about their incredible retreat coming up on the 27th of October up here in the hinterland in Mulaney on the Sunshine Coast. Don't worry if you can't get there. They've got more coming next year, but make sure you let us know what you think of this week's beautiful interview. You can go on over to my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28. You can head on over to my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training, or you can go to the wellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. 
I have such pleasure bringing these beautiful beings into your ears each and every week, and I hope you enjoy them just as much as I do. Thank you so much to The Wellness Couch. Thank you to 28 Essentials for sponsoring the show. If you are interested in any of the other things that we have on offer heading into the end of this year and into 2024, then please head on over to 28.com. That's the word 20, the number 8.com. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Be kind. Well, one of my most favorite things to do each and every week is to bring to you a beautiful soul, someone who I really admire, look up to, and I'm absolutely in awe of the work that they're doing. And this week is no exception. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, beautiful Ellie Ochin. How are you? I'm really, really well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I tell you, following on from that gorgeous partner of yours, the beautiful Mitch Adams, we've had a beautiful catch up and I just thought it would be really cool to share with our listener what it's like to be in this world of wellness and also to be doing it as a partnership. But before we get into any of that, would you mind just giving us a brief little background as to who Ali is, where she grew up, what took her on this life path, and how did you end up doing what you are today? Wow. Okay. Um, Well, I think I put it all down to my childhood, and that was growing up in nature. So we always had land or property and my brother and I would literally spend all our days and all our time outside adventuring. And that just brought us megaly into the present moment all the time. And we were immersed in such a beautiful place. And my love for nature has just grown from there. And I I think that's Connecting to earth and connecting to such a natural um, element allowed me to connect with myself fully and it allowed me to be authentic and, yeah, really express my my full self. So, so, yeah, I guess it's coming down to growing up in nature, in the countryside, um, and just feeling really free and accepted and connected. And I always, like mum was a country style cooker, so she would use all the cream and the butter and the deliciousness. And so she taught me how to cook and then I would create those recipes into healthy recipes. So I think think that's where sort of my wellness began, just with food um, and just creating those recipes into something that I know my body could absorb and nourish um, and then use into the physical activity that I also loved and adored. Um, I did ballet since I was four, little athletics since I was four. So I really needed and knew my body needed that those raw and wholesome ingredients Um, And I just knew that. Um, So, yeah, it just started really young for me and doing lots of exercise and eating healthy. um, It just stemmed from there, my wellness journey. Um, And I just got more obsessed with the gym and my dancing. and, And then it sort of led into, I guess, 
when I fell into TV, um, I had about seven or nine, seven to nine years in TV. And during that process, I realized I needed something to deal with the anxiety that was forming whilst I was in the media because there was such pressure. There was so much spotlight on everything I did. It, it, it then turned, it was like a mirror. And then I reflected on everything that I was and everything that I looked like and everything that I did. So it it was all encompassing and, and that made the anxiety develop. And so with the sleepless nights and with the uncomfortability, I turned to Valium and sleeping tablets and I just knew that was not the way forward or for longevity. So I started meditation and with the, I remember, yeah, just persisting with meditation for about six months because I was like, I'm doing it wrong. I can't do it. Um, and I remember just signing up to this retreat, this meditation retreat and rocking up by myself. And as I pulled up, I'm like, what am I doing here? I actually don't know anyone here. <laughs> and yeah, I, I turned up and, and that on that retreat was the first time I meditated and it was like a full epiphany moment where I realized that meditating was just being still and being the observer and doing nothing, <laughs> letting go. It was a letting go. And from there I just fell in love with meditation and knew that I had to be sharing it with the world. Sweetheart, what a story, right? I mean, seriously, to be brought up in an environment that connects you to Mother Earth each and every day, it seems to be something that our beautiful children in this day and age, many of them miss out on growing up in big cities or being glued to screens or not really fully understanding the powers that lie within this thing called Mother Nature. So I really do admire what that meant for you and your brother. And Mm -hmm. even though when we're young, we can take that for granted. I think as we grow older, and as you mentioned, you actually start to be more present and become the observer. What fascinates me in your story is that it's almost like you've come home to yourself. The television world, I mean, my husband has been in media and television for, you know, over three decades. I've had the privilege at times of being on television or being interviewed or things like that. It is so freaking nerve wracking. And I don't know why, but it truly is. But there is something about, it's almost like you got taken to the extreme because let's face it, today's television and today's, uh, that little box is just the complete opposite of being in nature and connection and being fully present. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit then in that television world, what would you say is the things that you learned the most, not only about yourself, but perhaps humanity? Like, is it real? Is it worth it? Is it something that we should be mindful of? What were your biggest learnings in that television world? Um, my biggest learnings were that, I mean, now when I look back, it's completely false. 
um, the whole reality productions, all of it is is trying to develop this falseness within the world and that is causing disconnection. Um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it really, I, I'm grateful for the, the platform and the, the journey and what strength it brought out in me and the resilience um, that I developed. But it's, as, yeah, as, as far as what I think of the reality world, it's, it's toxic. <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. I, I just, the listener, in case people don't realise, you were on The Bachelor, you have done a number of different celebrity things on television, <laughs> but it is that real dichotomy. It is such an extreme opposite to what you're doing now. Yeah. And I'm almost curious to know, Maybe from your point of view, it, it, was it important for you to go to that extreme to come back home? Like, you know, why do you think you were brought into that world? <laughs> yeah, good question. <laughs> um, it, it definitely was something that I had to experience and something that I had to go through. Um, to I think it's even just to be able to really connect with who I was and see the most authentic um, person that I was. And just to even to get to know that, and it, it is exactly what you're saying. It was a sense of coming home um, because in that world it's always trying to impress or trying to be something um, that is, you know, trying to fit in a box where, you know, we, we don't fit into these boxes that they've created. And it's, yeah, it's... A, I would, yeah, I would definitely say it's a coming home and, um, yeah, did I answer your question? Probably? Yeah, I think it's what's fascinated me, just the metaphor of it, mm-hmm. is that they're trying to fit you in a box and mm-hmm. we call this thing the little box on a wall and the box that everything fits into. But there's something about celebrity world, and I think this is where I love what you're about, is you have not taken that for granted and Mm. you've actually now turned it into the greater good, something where you can share your experiences because we don't all have to be on television to understand anxiety, sleep deprivation, the power of drugs and using these to get through tough or challenging or anxious times. When you say there was this kind of realization that Valium and sleeping tablets weren't going to work for you. What did you do to appease the anxiety? What was the epiphany, the aha, apart from meditation, or was it through the process of meditation that you actually found other tools? And could you tell us what those are? Um, I, I think the journey started with meditation. Um, and then it sort of weaved its way into yoga and then I did my a yoga course um, over a year and and that just made me fall in love with um, a culture that believed in believed in connection to oneself and the connection of nature and it was thousands of years old and it had stood the test of time. Um, 
so yoga was another one. Um, and, you know, through those practices, when I was connecting with myself and my spirit and, you know, noticing that everything is energy and the places and the experiences that I put myself in and the people that I surround myself really have um, such an influence. Um, so I was really aware of that and where I was steering myself to. Um, and then journaling came in as well. Um, so, yeah, journaling is definitely another element. And, yeah, and just the, the practice of nurturing myself, mm-hmm. um, r- listening to myself, um, and just slowing down, slowing down and and all those tools combine, all those elements, uh, yeah, really allowed me to do that. Yeah, it's very powerful, actually. And again, interesting, television is fast-paced, it's constant, you're, you know, I guess for want of a better word, it's all about drama and creating interest through fear, drama, um, and all of those things that just, you know, in our everyday world, it's almost like as humans, we come become a little bit obsessed with watching you know, people have dramatic, and perhaps it's because it makes us feel better that our lives aren't so dramatic, or maybe there's a, I don't know, I don't know, what do you think is the real draw card or the, why do people love watching people arguing on television or getting upset or, you know, triggering one another? Why do you think humans are so drawn to the drama of life? Humans love the drama of life because humans love to feel. Humans love to feel. And what more of a better opportunity to feel all the spectrum of emotions than to be watching reality TV where you get all the drama. And, and, and that, is why, that is why it is so easy to suck people in because, yeah, because people love to feel and and I think it's if people, if, if everyone was meditating and everyone was journaling and everyone was connecting with nature and themselves and, and realised that they can be the observer of how they feel and, and feel all the emotions within themselves and express them and it be okay and not be wrong if they if they feel angry or overwhelmed or and 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 rather than enjoying watching other people suffer then then I think the world would be a better place I couldn't agree more sweetheart and I just yeah it is a fascinating thing and the more you don't watch television the more you're not drawn to it either it seems to have a bit of an addictive kind Mm. of space that once you get into it you can't help but be hooked and that's how it's designed just like fake foods just like junk foods just like all the things that perhaps don't serve us in any way shape or form it is designed to help us to become addicted to it. And so when I think about you now and I look at your experiences through not only the television and celebrity world but also growing up, Mm. I just want to ask you a question around meditation. So many of us know the powers of it. So many of us know or read or hear about how important it is 
But for many people still in this day and age, there's a feeling or a concern or a worry that they don't do it right, that they Mm -hmm. are doing it wrong. Could you explain to us how to meditate and is there a wrong way or how can we make sure that we're doing it in the most uh, perhaps, you know, positive way? Yeah. Um, How to meditate is it's just a form of sitting in stillness, turning off all distractions, allowing yourself that time and space to surrender in and to relax in your body. So breath work to start off with, just noticing the rhythm of your breath and allowing that just to slow down and then allowing and inviting in your body to relax and calm and let go. And then it's just a process of observing your thoughts coming and going and enjoying that and and knowing that's that's all there is to it. (laughs) It it is. I'm just interested here at this point because for many people, that monkey brain, the chit-chatter, one of my beautiful yoga and meditation teachers said to me, actually, the more you allow and surrender and lean into the monkey brain, the more you're just releasing those thoughts, releasing those feelings, rather than trying to be attached to not having them. It's almost like the more you don't want them, the more you have them. But if you can lean into it, would you say then, when you say become the observer, would you say then it's almost like you rise above yourself as you witness those thoughts and feelings? Or is there another way that you would describe being the observer of those thoughts? Yeah, well, for me, it's It's noticing what stories we're telling ourselves. So being being and also accepting what is what is coming up in in your feelings, but also your thoughts. Because as you just touched on, when we do have resistance to thoughts, that is when they that's when there's this force that's going against us and we're not accepting what is so when we let go of the resistance then then that is almost saying to your being oh okay so I can let go and I can surrender and I'm relaxed now because I've done nothing wrong and these thoughts are mine and I see them and I can let them go and these feelings are mine and oh, I can feel them without it being wrong and I can accept them, acknowledge them and release them and let them go. So it's just... Isn't that beautiful? Even your words and your languaging there is just, I feel so calm listening (laughs) to you. It's almost like we go into a bit of a hypnotic trance when we allow ourselves to surrender to that. And I think that's what I love so much about you and Mitch as a team as well, the way you combine breath work, yoga, movement, connection, earthing, grounding. It's almost like our bodies are 
craving this in this day and age, the Mm. way the world has sped up, the way things happen quickly, the way our attention gets taken so quickly Mm. and the way we want to perhaps be more natural but we get so and I'll say it again addicted to the 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 dramas of life when you do your workshops when you do your coaching when you do your immersive retreats how do you take the beautiful participant on a journey when they've arrived? Maybe, you know, we all know to get to a retreat, sometimes it takes a lot of planning and forethought and advanced work, especially if we have children. How do you allow people to come in fully land? And then what's the kind of journey that you guys or you take them on? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, it would be a- allowing people to be their most authentic selves. So telling them it's safe to hang up your coats that you think you need to wear in this world to protect yourself. It's it's safe in here to take off your masks that you think you need to wear to be someone else because we want the real you and and we see the real you and 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 that is where we start and to be acknowledging that this is a safe and supported environment and and then just drop them in straight into a breathwork and and meditation that will allow them to really connect with themselves and and yeah and and feel fully relaxed and yeah and we definitely guide them through that and explain explain the science behind it but also let them experience it because I feel like when someone experiences it for themselves and there's no need to really say anything (laughs) um so yeah that that's that's basically how, how yeah they become relaxed and um surrendered I imagine as people come into this space and fully land, there would be a lot of emotion that could come up. There would be a lot of sense of sometimes when we surrender to ourselves, there's this emotional release, tears, overwhelm, a sense of gratitude. And we all know when we have that feeling, that true blissful feeling of just being okay right here, right now, emotions do come up. How would you say to people even listening to this that when those emotions come up, whilst it seems in a human sense and context of today's world, we bury them, we push it down, we push it aside, why is it so important that we as humans express ourselves and don't keep suppressing these natural emotions? Yeah, yeah, it's so natural to feel emotional overwhelm especially coming into a retreat environment because their souls are, uh, have been calling them to do this to to listen to them so it's it's almost like a relief um release you know oh finally you know they're remembering who they really are and and they're 
doing exactly what their higher self is guiding them to do. So it's such a joy to see that and we encourage that and accept it. Um, and we guide them and, and let them know that it is so important to, to feel all the suppressed emotions and the breath work really allows those energies or emotions to be stirred up and for them to come to the surface and bubble up. And if, if, if they can use that opportunity to experience those emotions, none are right or wrong. They're all just feeling um, and just breathe into that resistance, that pushing back of wanting to suppress it again and, and feeling those emotions, then when there's that feeling and acceptance of that emotion, then that's when the release can happen. And that allows the free vessel and that allows them to be, yes, yeah, sovereign. Mm-hmm. Because if these emotions keep on getting suppressed, then illnesses start, then disease start forming and intolerances start forming um, yeah, such a number of health problems start. Um, yeah, even sleep, even anxiety. So it's, it's so important that we release them and just not judge them as wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's forgiveness and compassion for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like often we're so much better at doing it for others. It's It's kind of weird for us to turn the mirror on ourselves and actually do the work for us. And what you just said, a beautiful line there, breathe into the resistance. Mm. All the greatest things come out of breathing through resistance. As a mother, my breath work through delivering of my children, that Mm. was the way I managed that was breathing into that resistance. Mm. As an ultra marathon runner, the more anxious I got, the harder it was, whereas I breathed into the resistance of lactic acid buildup or muscle soreness or mind over matter, I seem to be able to traverse that with much more ease and grace. Even going to the gym or doing yoga and holding poses, breathing into that resistance allows us to almost transcend to the other side. Why do you think we humans are so afraid of that resistance or why have we not been taught to trust the resistance? Mm. Um, I mean, I guess people are so afraid because it's uncomfortability and anything that makes us uncomfortable. I feel like there's so, so many external influences in this day and age that tell us, oh, no, you know, just flick on the TV or just um, start scrolling on your phone or, you know, distract yourself and so you don't have to feel this uncomfortability but (laughs) I guess it's not taught that through this uncomfortability is um, an awakening is a release is a letting go is is yeah just a a wonderful place on the other side Um, it's yeah yeah it's not taught because it's it gives us power (laughs) <laughs> incredible 
yeah. that gives us power and yet we seem to be wanting to keep people disempowered yeah. unless they're beautiful souls like yourself. What would you say, do you have a story to share of either someone that came to one of your retreats or maybe one of your one-on-one coaching clients who really did arrive in that maybe anxious or worked up state, maybe very disconnected state? And what was on the other side of that for them? Just so that maybe someone listening to this who could be in this space can get an idea of what happens on the other side of that resistance. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Actually, um, I had a coaching client just uh, voice message me last night. So I'd love to share. Um, She just expressed her deep gratitude because um, we had two months together and at the start she had never meditated and now it was it was such a beautiful progress where she was in a job she didn't like um, she hadn't she said she had no spark and she would look at other women and just be really in awe of how they shone basically and how much vitality and vibrancy they had and she and she wanted that back um so we took her well, I took her on a journey um and and just watched her absolutely blossom and now she's in a job that she loves she makes time and meditates on her lunch break and it's her favorite time yeah of the day and she does my Friday mornings um with my breath work and meditation online subscriptions. She says that's her favorite time of the week. And in her voice message, she, because now I also coach um, her husband and she was just expressing to me how, yeah, it's absolutely changed their lives and changed their daughter's lives. Um, And yeah. And how much of a difference it's made to their family and, and how much happy, happier and, yeah, how much vitality and and connection they have now. So it's like, yeah, that voice message had me in tears. So (laughs) that was wonderful. Absolutely. I bet. And there's something about, like you just said, you've worked with her for two months. That's a very short amount of time for such long-term life skills and Mm. releasing, right? So we're not talking months, years of therapy and things like this. The shift and the change can happen quite quickly. Why do you think that is? Is that because of the space you hold them in or is it just because they do not realize the power they have within? Oh, absolutely. It's because they immediately start remembering who they are and and what they're made of, like they're just love. And as soon as they get a taste for that with with their practices that they do themselves, they it's just a whole awakening and a whole slow blossoming process. But yeah, not slow actually. <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, it's mindful. Yeah, yeah, mindful. Them realizing yeah. their power within. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of courage and bravery to go to retreats or to have coaching. Uh, one of the things you said at the very beginning of today is that you actually went to that workshop by yourself and you wondered why you were there. But there is this incredible courage that you found yourself there. It's like you said already, the soul was calling you. 
how do we know the soul's calling us? How do we know that it's important? Because doing what you just suggested and being alone in that space, whilst it was the most frightening thing, it ended up becoming the most liberating thing. Yeah. How would you inspire people to show up on their own? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, I always think about this for everything really in in every experience I participate in 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 every food I eat in in every practice that I do and person that I spend time with it's like how am I how am I going to feel after this um because if you can say that oh it's going to be nourishing it's going to be high vibrational it's going to be beneficial in the long run oh there's going to be growth at the end of this um and I don't concentrate it on the on the on the fear and and you know the uncomfortability and and how tough it's going to be in between it's like no what's what's going to be on the other side so I I would definitely describe it as that yeah what's on the other side and I think once you step across that threshold there's no going back anyway And it's actually cool because, you know, other people show up alone. You're not the only one. And I think we get so entrenched perhaps in our own ego that we worry about what other people think, say, or feel, and yet everyone else is feeling just the same. I imagine the people that you guys attract to your retreats and you to your coaching would all be in that light anyway, and therefore there is no need to be afraid. Just show up for yourself first and foremost. And Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about your opening and your relationship, maybe going from the extreme of the bachelor world into now having such a wholesome, soulful relationship with beautiful Mitch. Could you explain to us how you feel and how you fell into that? You know, people out there are looking for their soulmate, their life partner, their best friend. How do you think it showed up for you and why? Yeah, it's it's definitely because we were on the same frequency. We were a vibrational match. So what we were attracting into our lives. So I met Mitch at my breathwork event, um, breathwork and meditation, and and he's he's been doing this the same thing. He does breathwork and meditation and coaching and just shines in people's lives and and yeah that's really succinct answer to it I think because we were just on the same path and we have been on the same path and it's um yeah just been blossoming and we inspire each other and we challenge each other and we're both very um um energetic obviously everyone is but we're we're obviously very conscious and so it's been an amazing process of yeah just mirroring everything back to each other and just supporting each other through that um I did say to him surely you two have arguments or moments of challenge (laughs) and change Um, Let's hear it from your perspective when there is challenge or when there is a difference of opinion or whatever. How do you, well, I guess from my point of view as a Gottman therapist, there is, it's not so much how we, how well we love, but it's how well we fight, how we fight the good fight that it shows up and actually respects one another through that. 
is that something that you've both talked about openly or is it just natural for you to given the work that you've done on yourselves um i th- i think it's i think we would have touched on it and spoken about it um but it it just also comes out in conversation like we we know and a conversation i mean like when we are having a heated conversation you know there's i can feel the space is being supported and i'm being listened to and and vice versa and it's it's where emotions can be unleashed and let go of and and felt um and yeah there's no judgment on those those times um it's just a yeah a real support through that and knowing that you know we'll always be there for each other and you know we're not going to run away because this is getting too difficult or this is scary or this is super uncomfortable because my core wound is being exposed here and um, it feels horrid or, yeah, it's always that feeling of um, being being held and being seen and, and a full understanding of what's happening because we are very open in communication, with, which is vital as well. I think you said something very key there. You feel listened to. So Mm. often communication is actually us thinking about our next response rather than hearing what that person has to say. And also I think one of my most favourite books, you've probably read it, The Four Agreements, you know, do not take things personally is one of the agreements. And sometimes people allowing being allowed to express what they're feeling is just that it's their feelings if we take it personally then ego comes into it then often we are looking at you know it could be a a potential fight or abandonment or getting away from one another but I think the more we work on ourselves the more connection we have to understanding those core wounds or deep feelings of pain or hurt that the other person has suffered and as you said the key words without judgment is that something you knew intrinsically or is that something you've learned through all of the skills and the courses and the programs and the teachings that you've been through is this something that people can learn very quickly I think it's um something that can be learned through experience when you have a partner that is there holding space and 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 yeah, being able to um, being able to make you feel safe, and you know, you, so that you feel safe, and being able to share um, share everything, and it all be exposed, and and as a woman surrendering, and and just trusting that. Um, yeah, I think it's something that people can learn I mean yes it's something that I've learned through my NLP coaching and 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 stuff like that but it's also about experiencing it and but yeah being really uncomfortable and experiencing that but then coming out on the other side and and always growing and that means deepening the relationship Mm -hmm. Um, yeah growing together 
It's so true. And, and you just made a really good point there. Both partners don't necessarily have to do this work or learn NLP or meditation. One can actually be the guiding light by holding that space. And the more we allow others to lean into that, the more we can actually see them surrender. I love that NLP line. You know, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. Mm -hmm. And when we can change our perspective or give it different meaning or more wholesome meaning or less judgment or any of those words that tend to trigger arguments or conflict, it's incredible how that allows the other person to just be. And I think it must be so profound for you and Mitch. You must find yourselves in really deep, beautiful conversations when both of you are on the same page. What's it like? Do you guys get into bed at night and go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we definitely can. And we definitely do. Sometimes we're like, do, should we do this now? <laughs> because we know it'll be ours. Um but we know on the other side, it's it's there is such relief and there is a deepening and there's a more understanding and yeah, on the other side, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, did that answer your question? Yes, I think so. I think any deep-hearted, open conversation can lead us to those places. And mm. I think what I was trying to say is if this is calling you as our listener. And you can feel the need or your soul is desperately looking for this beautiful space that the amazing Ellie and Mitch provide, then you don't have to go with your partner or you don't have to have other people with you. I think that's really the key I was wanting to get across through your example. Yeah. Could you explain to us a little bit about this beautiful retreat you've got coming up? Um, with Mitch. It's a one-day immersion retreat. Could you tell us where it is, what it's about, and what your hope is for each person that signs into it, how they will feel on the other side? Yeah, absolutely. We're so excited. It's at the end of this month on the 27th of October, and it's in the beautiful um, hinterlands of the sunny coast in Mullaney, which is just green rolling hills. It's rainforest. There's waterfalls, which we'll be experiencing as well on the day, um, really immersing ourselves in nature. Um, and also the main part of it is connecting with self, releasing the stresses and it uncovering and connecting um, to who you really are inside and then giving you those tools so that you can go back into your world and know that you have the abilities to experience all the joy and all the bliss and all the love with within you every day um, and and that's that's something that you have access to um, and we'll, we're also doing on the day we're doing this amazing workshop that Mitch is going to be taking through um, our beautiful guests it'll be yeah a workshop that will just be eye-opening for people to understand that whatever energy that they are, that they're attracting. And then we'll go into another beautiful exercise where we're going to be manifesting um, exactly what everyone wants so that 
also when the retreat is finished, that they have a clear vision and feeling of their future with the powers to be able to, you know, be in their relaxed and calm and clear and focused state. So it's it's a huge transformation and elevation day. Mm. Oh, it sounds so empowering. It's a full day, isn't it, on the 27th yeah. of yep. October. And if people wanted to sign up for that, I mean, I couldn't think of a better time of year to do something like this as the silly season, as they call it, comes upon us and as we start to feel this kind of rushed intensity leading into everyone taking a break, it seems one of the most ideal times. Imagine gliding into the end of this year as opposed to desperately running on a treadmill into the end of the year. The word manifest is a hugely powerful word. And for many of us on the treadmill of life, doesn't feel like we actually know where we're going. It's just the day-to-day. But when you create a vision and an outcome and a goal that has clarity and power in behind it, the law of attraction really does come into play. Mm-hmm. How have you experienced that personally for you and why is that such an important part of this program, the manifestation side of it? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, f- I feel like with with me it's always coming down to my thoughts and and what thoughts I'm running and if it's it's if it's a negative thought I immediately swap it for a positive thought so that my vibration is always going to be high and I'm attracting in exactly what I desire so in the mornings I'll do a Joe Dispenza meditation which is visualizing and feeling exactly what you would you'd like in your future so it's it's something really powerful that makes me really excited about my future and it makes me live in purpose it's it's joyful it's it um yeah it doesn't make me feel like i'm overwhelmed or it doesn't make me feel like I don't know which direction I'm going in I know exactly what I want and and where I'm going and what I want to feel and if I'm if I'm going to be choosing how I feel and choose what my thoughts are well I'm I'm doing that and I'm creating that so yeah it's it's very powerful Oh, I love it. I love it. And there's nothing like goosebumps. I listen to Joe Dispenza in the evening to clear my day and I do his morning meditation. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) It is one of the most beautiful meditations and I get so lost in it. And yet my unconscious mind I know is taking everything in. And that's something that I've had to learn to do is to surrender to the fact that the unconscious part of me gets everything. Mm. It knows everything. It is everything. And really meditation, journaling, breath work, any of these retreats and and coaching, all of that is just the pathway back to remembering that as you've alluded to so much throughout today's conversation. Mm. I'm so pumped and excited for you guys. And it just... It's such a simple, beautiful approach, and to do it all in one day is the real experience of immersing ourselves. And I think that's why I like the idea of a full one-day immersion into this, because 
you get to fully allow yourself to go through the highs and lows, but to leave everything behind without distraction. And I guess the best part about this full day is that people get to connect not only to themselves, but with one another. How do you find immersion events like this just as empowering or more powerful than the one-on-one? What is the difference for you? Mm, yeah, it's it's the energetics felt within the space because when everyone is raising their vibe, essentially, um, it's so much more powerful and so much more intensely felt. Um, so it also gives people courage when someone is sharing a vulnerability or or exposing themselves or releasing an emotion it gives other people courage and and also it just shines the way for them as well if if you know they're having trouble so it's incredibly beneficial and yeah empowering you know all of what we've talked about today all of the beautiful rituals and suggestions that you have none of it's new. Um, This has been around, as you said, even like yoga for thousands and thousands of years. And this is an ancient wisdom really brought into the modern forefront. And I just want to acknowledge you both for doing this. Really to attend something like this, and if it's not this year, next year, or to attend any of your coaching programs, your Friday mornings, all of that sort of thing, that to me, they're all acts of self-love. They're really putting yourself first and allowing yourself to experience you. What would your definition of self-love be? Mm, Yeah. Um, Self-love would be, self-love is the space we create to be our authentic selves pretty much. And in that space, I guess, is our knowing of our greatness and our belonging, our purpose and our connection to source. Oh, wow. That is so beautiful. (laughs) It is. It is creating that space to be our authentic selves. I truly love that. You know, when you think about this act of love, self-love, joy, bliss, pure happiness, all of these things, we know that from a scientific point of view, it truly does raise the vibrational energy. And I guess our auras shine brighter, our energy lifts. There is so much to be said for these small, beautiful rituals and practices to have such profound impact. One of the things I learned in yoga is the one hour on the mat is actually for the other 23 hours of the day. It's not just for that one hour. Would you say the same thing with your practices and your immersion events as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they'll last, they're with you forever. And, and that feeling is going to make you come back to your practice. Um, I, yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. And it's, yeah, it's something that, yeah, the tool the tool is yours and it's there to bring you back home. Yeah, and when we come home, we can almost face anything. And I think that's the key to this work. When you have these tools in your repertoire, when you understand that every challenge is a beautiful teaching, perhaps, when you look at yourself and realize that you're the common denominator in everything that's occurred in your life, then taking power you know, a real loving sense of power with that creates the the future, your your beautiful life that you wish to have. 
what would be your final closing statement or prayer or wish for the Beautiful Self-Love Podcast listener? And maybe, Beautiful Ali, you could include in there your favorite quote. What would you want to say to the beautiful soul listening to this podcast? Yeah, well, my favorite quote, and it has been ever since I was in high school, is do it with passion or not at all. And that really allows you to follow your authentic path, your dreams, your goals, just expressing and pouring all of your passion and all of your desires into whatever you're doing. And and I guarantee you that is going to be in somehow serving humanity or serving the greater good. And 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 when when that realization is felt, knowing that you're connected to everything and everyone, it's it's going to be a vicious cycle of you feeling so um yeah blissfully at home doing what you're doing and yeah i just um know that you have the courage and all the power and the potential and the light and the love within you um and just and see see that and know that and and yeah that's what i <laughs> so beautiful so so beautiful lovely ellie if people wanted to follow you could you tell us your website your socials so that we can make sure that we are able to be immersed in your beautiful world as well yeah absolutely um my instagram is ellie Ochen, um or ellie wellness and my website is com. And you can find the retreat at um, MitchAdams.coach. And, and, and yeah. Can you just spell us, spell for us exactly how we can find your website, Ali Ochen? Yeah, A L I and then O E T J E N. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes, you beautiful listeners. And please, if I can say one thing, I could not recommend it enough to do something like this as you come into the close of the year. It's a beautiful excuse to get up to the Sunshine Coast if you're out of town. It's a beautiful place, Mulaney, where you will instantly feel connected. But then to be held by the beautiful Ellie and Mitch, I honestly cannot imagine a more beautiful, profound and deep connection to not only Mother Nature, but also your beautiful soul. Ellie, thank you so much for being on the Self Love Podcast. It is such a treat to work with you in this space, but also to share your story, your wisdom and your absolute beauty. Oh, you're doing the most amazing things and you're, yeah, you're such an inspiration and such a light and a genuine, yeah, loving soul. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing this time with me. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care.
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.